Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to call all the evangelists up that were on the streets earlier. Uh, Brett, Sean, and uh, the teams. So let's welcome them as they come right now. All the guys that were on the streets. Uh, yesterday in the School of Evangelism, we had about 150 uh, plus people down there. We had a very an amazing time. And uh, Brett's probably going to share some things that were happening downstairs and some miracles that we saw in the lower hall. But the teams were out in the streets today. And uh, Brett, why not just uh, get up here straight away and tell us you know, what God was doing on the streets in Labrook Grove earlier on tonight. Yeah, well, there was uh, a team of us that went out onto the streets. We, we had a bit of opposition, actually. Um, but uh, there was, I think we had four salvations, uh, people that just generally opened. When you say opposition, what, what are you talking about? Well, the guy across the street come up. You know, Colin's been talking about praying about strongholds. So it was literally like this man come, uh, and the stronghold of that over Labrick Grove was actually in him, come to talk to me. And I, I talked to the stronghold. I said, in the name of Jesus, we're here and we're taken over. He left. He ran up to try and get the police. <clears throat> But the authority was with us, and so the police just kept driving. And then another man came, and uh, there's a guy that, when you was out there last week, remember that guy? Well, he came back there, and he swung a few, and I caught one in the eye this week, <laughs> and uh, one in the nose. You got, you got one in the eye and one in the nose this week for, for Jesus. But I remembered, I was reading the scripture, and the Bible said, if someone punches you on the left cheek, turn your right. So I kept just turning my cheeks to him, and then I ran out of cheeks, so I decked him. No, I didn't really. I didn't really. <laughs> But I did, I, I copped a few, so. but it was good, it was worth it. It's just, just saying that, uh, you know, we're really shaking stuff up as a church, you know, as, as we're praying, uh, you know, for the, against these strongholds and as we're going out on the street, you know, it's got, things are going to happen. London shall be saved. Amen, amen, definitely. Now, yesterday you were telling me that a lady that was healed in, in the lower hall, something significant happened and the presence of God started to break out. Just tell us briefly what happened there. Well, there was a lady who, uh, she had one sh- foot shorter than the other. And um, I remember Bruce, I mean Bruce's cell, and he, he gave us his uh, book on the fourth dimension. And there was a story in there where, where there was a man who was like just commanding the, the foot to grow. So I was like, okay, I've read this, you know, I've heard about this, I've got faith for this. So I just started like doing what the book was saying. I was like, I command you to grow in Jesus' name. Nothing happened. And I said, like, I command you to grow in Jesus' name. And nothing happened. And I said, I command you to grow in Jesus' name. Nothing happened. And uh, next minute, it's like the Lord rocked up, and it's like I felt his breath on my neck, and it was like he was right here, and he said to me, what would you like me to do? But I didn't catch up. It took me a couple of minutes to catch on, but I, so I just kept saying, like, I command this thing to grow in Jesus' name, and nothing happened. And then I just said, oh, Lord, can you please make her leg grow? And, in, <laughs> and I'm not joking. The lady's here tonight. She's got a certificate, and, and we... We're gonna. Uh, you'll see about this. But her leg just went, and it grew in my hands. And then her, like her legs aligned, and then it grew in the, in a bit of her leg. And then like he realigned her hip. And then it just broke out. There was uh, another miracle which we, we're waiting for the confirmation of. But I'm I'm, I'm certain in the, in the talking to the girl this morning, uh, her life was you know symptoms that she had. Uh, she said she's been delivered from epilepsy, and she knows this because her her right arm had been stiff from the seizures, and there had been um, elements in her body which were not there this morning, and her arm was stiff. She said, I've woken up this morning, I feel like a new person. The glory of God hit this woman so much, she tried to get up three times, couldn't get up, no one was praying for her. The Lord just like showed up and showed off, you know. So I don't know what you want to ask the Lord for tonight, but uh, I'm sure he's going to give it to you. Amen. Amen. Wow. Something significant is definitely happening there on the healing on the streets. So Sean, you guys were in Notting Hill tonight. Tell us briefly uh, what happened out there. Well, yeah, God keeps uh, showing off. Yeah, Um, there were five salvations, really. Um, You know, we preaching the gospel, and it's mainly the uh, guys that are out there doing the field work, and there was one Muslim guy. Is there anybody from your team tonight who led someone to Christ? Yeah, certainly. I mean, myself, uh, Cheryl. um, There's there's quite a few other people. I'm not too sure. So let's get get Cheryl forward. I know this is your wife, Sean's better half. And uh, tell us, Cheryl, tonight, you're out there. You're not like Sean. I'm sure the anointing can come up on you, not loud in your face, but you know, you're out there. Last week you led us all to Christ, and also today. So tell us what happened. Praise the Lord. God is so good. There was a 16-year-old girl. Um, she 
um, is in a, a Muslim family, but they're not really serving and they're not following Islam at, at all. And she's originally from Leeds, and she was staying with her family. They're all Muslim. And, she's, and I stopped her, and she was saying to me that she knows she's heard about Jesus before. And I said, have you ever accepted him in your life? She said, oh, not, not really, but I've heard about him, and, and, he's, and he's in my life. And I challenged her, if she, if she died tonight, if she would go to heaven or hell, and she didn't know. And I said, do you not want the assurance to know where you will go, what Jesus will do in your life? And, you know, God is so good, because she just was so open, and she said, yes. And I said, are you sure? You really want God to come into your life? And she said, yes. And I, I was really a bit confused, because it was too sudden. And praise God, she, she, we, we prayed a prayer of salvation, and she gave her life to Christ. She has friends in Leeds who are Christians, and she's going back to Leeds tomorrow, and we believe in God that God will just, she said she's going to tell her friends what happened today on the streets. So we believe in God that this girl, Zara, will truly move forward for, King, for Christ. Amen. Amen. That's amazing. On the streets of Notting Hillgate, we're making a difference already in, in Leeds as well. Sarah, you told me earlier in Shepherd's Bush that people were saved as well. So come and tell us, uh, last but not least, what happened in Shepherd's Bush. Um, uh, when we got there, um, we just we sang first. We just took over the the uh, the, the area. We we just took over the atmosphere. Paul, our leader, he started singing and we all followed. So we sang and sang and sang and sang and people started looking at us and kind of like getting the attention of the people. I mean, we were singing just normal songs like, you know, power, power, you know, wonderful working power. And, um, you know, as we sang, we started to one by one just getting people somewhere singing and somewhere starting to talk. And uh, a man came um, I was with a sister um, behind me here and then the, the man he appeared the way he was talking I could feel that he was under the influence of something he must have taken some form of street drug or something I work with them so I know <laughs> you know they are my clients so I could tell <laughs> you know and uh, you know and he was kind of like edgy and and very agitated I could tell that you know he wasn't kind of and and then as I was speaking, he was, you know, I could tell that this man knows about God. I said, do you know God? Yes. Do you know Jesus? Yes. Who is Jesus? Who is God? And then he said, Jesus is the son of God. And I said, do you believe that, you know, God exists? Yes, he exists. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. So, you know, I could tell that this man, even though he feels like, it feels like he's, he's under the influence, you know, he's getting the, he's getting the, the gospel. So I preached a little to him. And then he, I said, I, you know, do, do you believe? I showed him um, on, on the tract, uh, Romans 10, 9, and I read, read it out to him and I said do you understand yes do you believe in this yes. what does what is Romans 10 9 and did you tell him it did you tell him the gospel that fast yes, yes. if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and 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 believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So he said he believed. And as I said, you know, it was genuine. So I called uh, Philip, you know, to come and rest and help me. So we got him uh, to pray the prayer. He believed and, and he doesn't, he didn't give us uh, his uh, address. He, he said he can't remember, I think, because he was just kind of like that kind of way with the drugs. So what he, we did was we got his name and then uh, Philip gave him his own number so he could call Philip. And then, you know, because why I'm saying this is because we, we don't give up on people in any state of mind that they are. You know, I said to him, Jesus wants you the way you are. And tomorrow he will remember because in Ledbrook Grove, there was a girl who was under the influence of cocaine and she got saved and she was followed up. So we never give up because people are under the influence. I know it, it didn't make sense, but I know that many saved. And another lady, she's sitting up there. Uh, um, she came towards us and then she said, oh yes, you know, I left going to church. I stopped going to church a year ago. Why? Because of oh, church politics and, you know, uh, uh, somebody elbowed me in the church and uh, I didn't want to go back to church. I said, you are speaking to the right person. You know why? Because uh, I elbow others and they elbow me as well. So I said, <laughs> you know, I said, uh, you know, a church is a hospital. You know, people who are in the church are people who have who are tired of life outside. So they come in because they are carrying baggages. So you, you, you don't find normal people in the church. You find, <laughs> you, find, you find all sick people in the church. <laughs> so, 
so you know, I said you are you are, you are talking you are talking to a patient as well, <laughs> and then I said, uh, you know, what you need, you don't need good church people. You need Jesus. So you have walked away from Jesus. You make it right right now with Jesus before you can talk about the church people. And he said, she, she, you know, she she toiled with me. I said, you make it right today with Jesus. And then she said, yeah, I know I cannot judge every church because of one church. I said, oh, that's good. And then said, where is your church? I said, Notting Hill Gate. Oh, yeah. I can. I go? I said, yes, you can go, but you make it right with Jesus right now here before you go to church. And then she said, oh, so what do you want me to do? Okay, you pray. I can't pray in the street. I can't close my eyes. You don't need to close your eyes. You just pray after me. So we made it right with Jesus. And then she said, oh, uh, can I go now to church? I said, oh, yes, you can. So Victoria took her to church. <laughs> and she's here right now. Hallelujah. And you're most welcome. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus praise right now in this place today. I want you guys to come forward. I want us to all stand right now. I want us to begin to pray for these evangelists that God begin to just anoint them in an incredible way. God wants to anoint all of us to preach the gospel. And uh, these guys are out there. We don't want this just to be, you know, four weeks, five weeks, and then we stop. We want it to continue. And so we want God to do a work in these guys. And we want the work just to continue. And all the people who are getting saved, we want that to continue as well. And all the miracles that God's breaking out through Brett and the team, we want that to continue as well. So let's just lift our hands right now. Let's just begin to pray for this, these teams in Jesus' name and we can have some of the ministry team just coming on the platform and praying for them right now in Jesus name and Lord God we lift up these evangelists to you Father they're not really Lord God people with a title tonight Lord God they're not even Lord official uh, leaders Lord God but they're out there because they have a passion for you Father God and Lord God tonight Lord we lift these men and women up to you Lord God and we ask you Father God that you release your power upon them Father God we thank you for the souls that are getting saved and the passion that these men and women have Lord and we pray tonight that Lord the fire that has started, Lord God, in these teams would continue, Lord, in Jesus' name. It wouldn't just be limited to these teams, but Father, this fire would start to spread throughout the church, Lord, in the name of Jesus, until every believer catches a light, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Father, till you put your word in every believer's heart and every believer's life, until every family hears the gospel. Father, we ask you tonight, release your power, Father. Release your power. Lord, raise up more teams, Lord. Raise up more leaders, Lord. Thank you for Sean and Brett and Paul, but we pray for more in the name of Jesus. Turn up the anointing. Turn up the heat, Lord God. Turn up leaders, Father God. In Jesus' name, Lord God. Lord, revive cell leaders tonight. Cell leaders will take people out in the streets and see people saved. In the name of Jesus, Father, we ask you because that's our DNA. The DNA of preaching the gospel, Father. In Jesus' name, so release gospel power. Release gospel power, gospel authority, Father, upon these people tonight, on these teams tonight in the name of Jesus and Father we pray you're the God of the increase you're the God of the increase we are sowing, we are planting seed in the community but you're the God who gives the increase, give the increase Lord give the increase Lord God Father God, let this work not be limited to just a street corner, but let these men and women go into their workplaces. Let them go in by their schools and colleges, Lord, and see the demonstration of the power of God. In Jesus' name, Father God, we want to see revival, Father. Hit London, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Anybody said? Amen. Let's give Jesus praise. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to turn your Bibles tonight to Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. Now, one of the, the negative things tonight of getting teams on the, on the platform is to say, well, you know, God can anoint these people, and thank God God's anointing them, but, you know, what about me? <laughs> you know, God's using them, but what about me? I want to tell, you, tell your neighbor tonight, God can use you. Hallelujah. God can use you in an incredible way. Sometimes we think it's about other people being used by God, but you know, just one touch from God and your life will never be the same again. Just one word from God and God will change the whole of your life and start to use you just in the same way that God is using every single one of these evangelists. I want to share with you tonight that your preaching can make a difference. Your preaching, your words can make a difference for God. And uh, I just want you to dare to open up your mouth in society today. There's a battle going on out there. And Colin preached it earlier on that you know, there's a battle for society. 
and that we've got to use the preaching of the gospel. And Brett mentioned it earlier on about the battleground out there and strongholds that are taking place. How do we break the strongholds over London? It's got to be the proclamation of the gospel. That's the only way that is going to happen. How are we going to break the strongholds over our family and friends? It's going to be the proclamation of the gospel. And that's what we're seeing on the streets. You know, light hidden darkness. There's a darkness out there. There can be fear and depression. And when you, you know that the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, you know, I want you to share with this person the gospel or tell them something or to help them. Suddenly fear can grip your heart. Why? Because there's a stronghold out there. And when you open up your mouth, it can be broken. That stronghold can be broken by the preaching of the gospel. Now here in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, if you have a Bible, you can turn there tonight. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that tonight you'll put confidence back in our lives. Put confidence in our preaching, because it's not our words that we want. It's your words through our lives, Lord. It's your word, your preaching through us that can make a difference, Lord. Therefore, the pressure is off tonight because it's not us, Lord, who's going to save anybody. It's going to be you working in and through our lives, Lord. So, Father God, we ask you tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we'll know by the end of the night that our preaching can make a difference in Jesus' name. Mark's Gospel, chapter 16 and verse 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. And they will take up serpents and drink anything deadly. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and they preached everywhere. Everybody say everywhere. everywhere. They preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word. Through the accompanying sign, what was God doing? He was confirming the word. What was that? The preaching of the word of God. I want you to turn over to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7. Jesus here has compassion on the multitudes. There's a multitude of people out there and Jesus has compassion on them. And what does he do? He raises up disciples and he decides to send them out and to give them power. You know, Jesus doesn't send you out empty handed. He sends you out in the power the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says to you, preach. He says in verse 7, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. That word preach there is the word, the Greek word caruso. It means to shout out. And I've got a little title tonight. Have you lost your shout? Have we lost our shout as a church? Have we lost our shout? Have we lost our ability to shout out and be unashamed about God? That word Caruso means it's like a herald, someone representing the king, someone who would go in on behalf of the king and say, you know what, people? The king is coming. The king is here. That's why Jesus said, go out and preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why? Because we're representing King Jesus. Hallelujah. We're representing King Jesus and we shouldn't be ashamed of society. Society is saying it's time to shut up and sit down. But Jesus said it's time to stand up, it's time to speak up in the name of Jesus. We need to start speaking out about the gospel. Now I want you to turn over to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. We see an evangelist here called Philip. What was, what was he doing? Now, there's two Greek words for preaching. One is evangelion, which means to bring the good news. To bring the good news, which includes preaching and signs and wonders. God confirming the word. But that word caruso simply means to proclaim, to shout out. Here in Acts chapter 8 and verse 5, you see here, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ to them. He heralded Christ to them. He just started shouting out and said, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus rose from the dead. He was excited about it. He believed in Christ. And then as a result, it says, the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. I want to encourage you that God wants to use you in the miraculous. God wants to use you in saving the lost. Who, me? Who, me? A weak person like me? Yes, somebody like you. In fact, with Christ, you're not weak. Hallelujah. And if you're weak today, you can identify with 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, which says, God uses the weak. God uses the weak to shame the wise. And often we, we look at people like Brett and we think, oh God, how, how, how God is using Brett. But what about me? 
God can use you in an incredible way. What was Philip doing before he was powerfully used by God? He was just a steward. He was just waiting on tables. He, he just volunteered because he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was passionate about the church. That, that's how he started. And as he was serving God in church, as he was taking responsibility for his call, then suddenly the power of God got a hold of his life and he started to preach unashamedly about God. Acts chapter 9, turn over there. When the apostle Paul was saved and he was radically saved, when the light shone from heaven and he got radically born again, he got up and he said, who are you, Lord? The Bible says in Acts chapter 20, when he was baptized, it says immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. That word preached again is the word kruxo. He went out, he was excited about God and he started to shout out about the gospel. See, that's revival when you've got people, normal Christians. He wasn't even a, a disciple or an apostle at this moment. He had just been saved. Now, it doesn't matter if you've only been saved three months, two months, two weeks. You can go out and make a difference for God. That's exactly what Paul, the power of God, got a hold of his life. And he started to preach and make a difference for God. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're into religious Christianity, something that God has not called us to do as a church, God's not called us to be religious, just to be church attenders. God has called us as a church to make disciples. Now, when I was 15 years old, I'd spent a lot of time in church. And until that point, I wasn't really excited so much about God. I wasn't sharing my faith. For, for, for 13 years of my life, I never shared the gospel with anybody. I was just a church attender. Why? Because my mother forced me to go to church. So you might be here tonight because someone forced you to be here. Thank God that that's how it can start. But something needs to happen in your life. A, tra a transformation needs to happen in your life. You need to get a new excitement. You need to get an excitement about Jesus. And for 13 years, I remember my mother, she just said to me, you know, Christian, you're 13. Now in Jewish culture, I think it is when you're 13, you're a man. Hallelujah. But when I was eight, I thought I was a man. Honestly, that's true. I was age eight. I put my figures away, all my Star Wars figures. I gave them to my brother and I said, well, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm a man. Age eight. Age 13, my mother said to me, you know, Christian, it's up to you. You want to go to church or not? I said, great, I'm not going anymore. Because for me, I never experienced God. In fact, in the message, I was just be, I'll be looking at the clock. There was a clock on the background and I'll be looking at the clock just ticking, watching the ticker and thinking, when is this guy going to finish? When will 7.30 come so we can go home? That's, that's what I used to happen because I wasn't experienced God. So none of my friends, they knew about God. But 13 to 16, I was just away from God. I was completely away from God, doing what kids do, teenagers do, drinking, binge drinking, out there on the town, doing whatever. And I had some close life experiences at that point. On one night when I was 16 years old, I was crossing across the road and there was two cars. And I never knew, no, knew that these cars, they were towing each other. And so what I did, I ran in between them and, and they dismissed me by inches and nearly chopped up my legs. And so I dived on the floor out of the way of these cards and, and my heart was beating. And I was thinking, oh my God, I was just shaking. I was thinking, whoa, I nearly got my legs chopped off. And as a, a typical teenager, just got back up and said, oh, whatever, I just continued. And so I went on the same night. I was on the top of a hill and there was a little motorway. So we, we all ran down the motorway and there was a zebra crossing. And I went and jumped across the, the tracks and I, and, I, and I tripped on the curb. I tripped on the curb and flew across the motorway. And I was flying across the motorway and all I seen was this car suddenly stop and the headlights were shining bright in my face. Again, I got, I got up. And I was a bit proud at, at those times because I had this new uh, shell jacket on. And uh, so I was caught in between this kind of nerves that, I was, that my hands were shaking. Thinking, oh my God, I nearly lost my life there, but what about my jacket? And I was brushing off my jacket. You know, and, and I started to think about, I think about what, what my life was about. These close life experiences. A week later, I, I went out with uh, some of my friends and I just got completely drunk that night. I was completely out of it. And uh, I was so out of it, I couldn't even remember what happened. And I got told that I was, I was so drunk, I collapsed in the middle of the, of, the, of the street, the high street. And I got taken by a bunch of policemen into a prison cell. Not a cell group, but a prison cell. <laughs> And uh, I made up some story. They were asking me where I was from. It's amazing when you're drunk that you can make up stories. You can still be convicted of sin. And I remember making up stories. Why? Because as, as being drunk, I was saying to myself, you know, I don't want to be caught. I don't want to be caught. I don't want to be found away from God. And so, so as I was getting caught, I said, I'm, I'm from, I'm from this, this area where my friend lived, actually. 
So the police took me to my friend's house, and my friend, thank God, he, he said, no, he doesn't live here, he lives somewhere else. And, and I, woke up, I woke up in the morning, in the middle of the morning, knowing that it embarrassed my family, thinking about life, thinking about what my destiny was about, and I went back to church. I went back to church because my mother, she didn't contact me. She just said, you know what, there's a church meeting happening. Do you want to go? I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go. And so I went that, that week and uh, at the church service, the guy was preaching. And I remember as he was preaching, he said, God's got a destiny. God's got a purpose for your life. But at that point, I didn't really think that Christianity was real to me. There wasn't a fire burning in my life. I was thinking, oh, okay, this guy's preaching. Great, I'm already a Christian. Thank you. You know, so I sat at the back when the altar call was given. I sat at the back and a guy came at the end of the service and he said, you know, are you guys Christians? I said, well, I'm a Christian. My friend's a Christian. And there was two guys we brought with us. We said, they're they're not Christians. But none of us were really Christians. None of us were really living for God. We were just nominal Christians. There wasn't anything of God, a revival happening in our lives. And he he said, would you want to pray to receive Jesus or recommit your life to God? I said, well, yeah, okay, I'll do that. I remember praying a prayer in my heart. I say, God, I'm going to commit my life to you because I've been thinking about all these things that have been happening. But I want to commit my life to the Jesus of the Bible. I want to commit my life to Jesus that I see in the Bible. Jesus is a miracle worker. And I can't actually, you know, describe what happened to me that day. But when I went home, I knew that I was set free. I knew that there was a liberty in my life. A week later, I went to the school. And for the first first time in my life, I started to preach about Jesus. I started to tell people, I said, you know, it's not about evolution. God's real. Jesus wants to save you. For the first time in my maths class, two of my friends that I'd known all of my life, I just preached to them a gospel. And it was just a, a big debate between evolution and Christianity. Why was that happening in my life? Because something changed me. Suddenly religion was broken off, just nominal Christianity. And that's, that's what needs to happen in London today. Hallelujah. There needs to be a breaking off of nominal church, nominal Christianity. And there needs to be a revival in the hearts of people. Because that is what causes you to preach. Let's turn over to Romans chapter 8 here. I've been, we were preaching yesterday in the school of evangelism. And God, when you preach, something needs to happen on the inside of you. There needs to be an urgency, actually. Romans chapter 10. When God changes your heart, when God revives you, when He changes your heart, you start to speak up about God. You're no longer aware of fear because God set you free. And here in Romans chapter 10, you see it. He says, how then, in verse 14, shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. It's our call as a church to preach the gospel, to share the gospel. And I'm not talking today that you need to stand on a, on, a, on a chair and start screaming out loud. You can just be talking about Jesus, talking about the gospel. There can be a quiet excitement as well as a, a loud excitement. He says here, how shall they hear without a preacher? How are the people in your life going to hear about Jesus without you sharing the gospel? God's placed people in your world, only people that you know. So that would simply mean that unless you are revived... Unless something happens in your heart tonight, unless you're changed, then the people in your world will never hear the gospel. I want to tell you a story. There's a man named Evan Roberts of the Welsh Revival. Some of you might have heard of him. He had a burden for Wales. He had this burden in his heart. It got so strong in his heart that he decided to go and speak to the pastor you know, and say, listen, I believe that God is going to visit Wales. I believe that a revival is going to come. It took boldness for that to happen. Why? Because there was something stirring in his heart. Something that was stirring. So he went to speak to the pastor. And the pastor said, well, you know what? You can't have the main service, but you can have the after service. You can have a prayer meeting after. So Evan got up there and he started to pray. And he gathered some people together. And as he started to pray, the power of God hit that prayer meeting. And he's prayed a prayer. He said, Lord, change me. That's the word was, Lord, bend me, bend me, change me. And as he started to pray this prayer, every single member of the church started to pray this prayer. Lord, change me. Something happened in that prayer meeting. Revival started to break out. God's power started to break out. People started to weep. People started to shake. People started to cry out for whales to be saved until five o'clock in the morning. They were still there experiencing God. And it didn't just stop there, but every day for a long period of time, they were there seeking God and praying and crying out to God for revival. A year later, it was recorded 100,000 people made a confession of faith. 
I want to say to you today that unless Evan Roberts had this, didn't have this burden, if he didn't speak up about this burden that he had, then even Kensington Temple wouldn't be here today. You know why? Because George Jeffries and Stephen Jeffries were the evangelists who got revived during the Welsh Revival. This man received a burden from God. He started to speak up for God. He had to go to the pastor, the religious church of the day, and say, God is going to bring revival. He had this prophetic anointing. And during that time, George Jeffries, who started opening this church in revival, where we found crutches downstairs and wheelchairs emptying in these revivals, that's how the church exploded. He was the one who came from the Welsh Revival. So unless you speak up about God, sometimes people will never be saved. Here in Romans chapter 8 and verse 8, it says, what, what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In a simple way, you confess or you preach what you believe. When your heart starts to really believe that Jesus is real, when your heart really starts to believe that Jesus is Lord, then the evidence is that you start to preach. You start to proclaim. There's a new excitement about you. So what we need to pray for our lives tonight is simply this, that God would give us His heart, that God would change our heart, that God would give us a revelation of the gospel so that this week, when we're quiet about our faith or when the Holy Spirit is hovering and saying, hey, you need to share the gospel. Suddenly you start going, wow, yes I do, yes I do. And suddenly there's a revelation in your heart and you start to open your mouth and start to tell people about God. Sometimes we think that when we open up our mouth, it's not going to make a difference. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't open up our mouth. We need to open up our mouth anyway. I know a preacher called Mordecai Ham. Anybody heard of Mordecai Ham? Mordecai Ham was an evangelist. He was preaching in a crusade. And as he was preaching, in that crusade, only one person got saved. One person responded. How discouraging is that? Only one person got saved. This is a major crusade. And guess who that person was? That person was Billy Graham. Now, if that man had never had that crusade, if he'd never opened up his mouth, never had that campaign, then Billy Graham himself would have never came to faith. You don't know if there's a Billy Graham in your workplace. You don't know what God has put a Reinhard bunker in your school. But if you just open up your mouth as the Holy Spirit leads you and start to ask God, God, you need to revive me. You need to do something in my life. We all know the story of Jonah. God had called Jonah to preach. God's called the church to proclaim the gospel. Sometimes we're complaining about gay marriage. We're complaining about all the laws that are being passed. But let's ask ourselves the question, is the church proclaiming the gospel? Is the church preaching the gospel? And I, I believe personally, let the world do whatever they want to do. The world, they're going to sin anyway. We're all born sinners. Without Christ, we cannot be saved. So the world is going to get more ungodly. That's what the scripture says. But the church is the lighthouse. Hallelujah. The church is out there preaching the gospel and sharing the light of Jesus Christ. And that's how people will be saved. So Jonah's called to preach and Jonah knows that God is merciful. And God says to Jonah, you know what, I'm going to pour my wrath on Nineveh. And I want you to go and preach to them. So the gospel is going to save them. The gospel is the power of God to save men. God desires no man to perish, but all to come to repentance. But his wrath's going to be poured out in Nineveh. And he calls a man named Jonah, a prophet. And guess what Jonah does? He just, he legs it. He runs away. Now we don't know what was happening in Jonah's life. I look at the life of Jonah and think, well, I go, why did you run away? There could have been fear, insecurity, or he could have just have been burnt out and thought, you know what, I've had enough of this gospel preaching. I've had enough of prophesying. I don't want to prophesy anymore. And I know if I do prophesy anyway, you'll save these people. So I just want to go away. The church has ran away from preaching the gospel. Predominantly speaking, not KT because we're on fire. Hallelujah. But the church at large has ran away from preaching the gospel. So what? Has happened to the church. Colin prophesied last year about a storm hitting the church. Now a storm can happen because God is going to put you through a trial and a test and form your character. But also a storm can happen when you run away from God. When you run away from God, you're not following God anymore. It was in my life when I turned away from God that I nearly got killed in those two car, car accidents. I was, I was away from God. And Jonah, he legged it. He was away from God. Where did he find himself? In a storm. And in that storm, what did he do? 
He went down into the middle, into the bottom of the cabin. He went to sleep. He probably put his hands over his ears. He said, this is not really happening. This is not really happening. He wanted to hide away. He wanted to be in a place of comfort. And so it is today that people in the church, they just want to be in a place of comfort. They don't want to take responsibility. They don't want revival. You know, when you start to preach the gospel, you will be under attack like Brett, Brett said. You will have to break strongholds. There'll be something happening. Where did Jonah find himself? By the grace of God. He found himself in a, in a bit of a shipwreck, in a bit of a mess. The people said, you know, where are you from? What are you doing? He said, well, I've ran away from God. What you need to do is throw me overboard. Throw me overboard. And they didn't want to do it, but they did eventually throw him overboard and the, and the sea was calm. And guess what? The grace of God. You know, if I was God, I would have just killed Jonah and picked someone else. And many of us here, we would have done that. But God, by His grace and mercy, caused a whale to swallow up Jonah. Because God not only wanted to use Jonah, He wanted to save Nineveh, but God's a God of the second chance. God swallowed up Jonah, and even in the whale, He just gave him an opportunity to get to the point of repentance. That's the grace of God. I don't want to kill you. I know you've ran away from me. I'm calling you to preach, because I want to make a difference in the lives of people. But I'm going to give you three days to repent. The Bible says he was in the belly of the fish three days and he got to the point. Not after the first day, not after the second day. Many of us here, after the first or second day, would have said, forget this, God help me. But Jonah on the third day, he, sat, he finally says, Lord, remember me. I've messed up. Remember me. So he says, remember me. And God straight away, he spews him out on dry land. Why? Because Jonah got to the place of repentance. And saying, God, all right, God, I'll do it. I'll speak up about you. I'll go in. Even though I know you're merciful, I'll go and do it. And so he goes in and he preaches. And guess what happens? The people respond. He says, you know, the wrath of God's going to come upon this city, Nineveh. God gives him a second chance. And then suddenly the king and all the people start to fast and pray. And God sees that they're humble, that they're seeking him, and that they're changing their hearts. And God has mercy on Nineveh and he saves Nineveh. Hallelujah. Through Jonah. God wants to use us today. We need to make a change in our lives. We want to, to preach the gospel. We need to start praying in the name of Jesus and saying, God, use me to speak up about you. Whether it's to many people, whether it's to a few people. God, give me your heart in Jesus' name. Give me your heart that I would make a difference for you. I want to finish with this story. In the early days of the, the missions in Benin, there was a, there's a guy who's in Collins Primary 12, Harry Panton. You might know him. Now, he's a little Asian dude from, from Mauritius, and he's, he's about this high. Uh, no, no, Mary's this high then. Sorry. And uh, you look at him and think, God, what could that guy possibly do? What, I mean, what difference could he possibly make? Well, firstly, when he speaks in French and he speaks in Creole, and in, in the hotel, he got the whole hotel saved. All the hotel stuff started getting saved. And in Benin, in a place called the Ouida, where they say it's the birthplace of witchcraft, he had a word and he had a vision from God. Now God can give you a vision. He doesn't just need to give Harry a vision, he can give you a vision. God gave Harry a vision and he said, you know what? There's a priest in a weeder who's ill and if he doesn't repent, he'll die. That was the word. So him and Charles Abraham, I think it was, they went into the middle of this village, the birthplace of witchcraft, where all these witchcraft voodoo priests are there having their ceremonies and doing whatever they're doing. Now, little Harry, no fear, he's got the Word of God. And he's saying, right, I've got to go and give this Word to the priest, to this voodoo priest, and tell him, if he doesn't repent, he's finished. So he goes all on a journey by, by these Land Rovers into a weeder. And as he gets out of the car, there's demonic strongholds. You can feel them in the air. And these priests, these voodoo priests are laughing at Harry, saying, who, who is this guy? And he says, I need to speak to, to the priest, the chief guy. Because I've got a word from him. I'm, I'm a representative of the kingdom of God. I've got a word from him. And so he eventually gets in there and he says to the priest, you know what? I've got a word. I've got the word of the Lord for you. God says, Jesus says, unless you repent, you will surely die of this sickness. And right there and then, Harry had the opportunity to lead this man to the Lord. This chief priest of Oweda, the birthplace of witchcraft, right then, the man repented of his sins and gave his life to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I say that tonight because God can give you the same word. Just as God used Jonah. 
just as God used Harry. He can give you the same word. And it doesn't have to be a massive word like that little word that will turn someone's heart to God. I want us to pray tonight. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Now tonight, you might be in this place. We're going to move into a ministry time in a moment and pray for people. And people are going to have words of knowledge. But tonight, I want to give an opportunity for people who are are simply, you're you're not born again. You're not saved. You're not a Christian. You don't have forgiveness of sins. We've been talking tonight about people receiving God's forgiveness, God's second chance. Like Jonah. Jonah remembered God. And God remembered Jonah. And I want to ask you tonight, if you were to die right now, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? I want to ask you tonight, if you were to die right now, and if you were to face God, and God would ask you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? Do you have certainty of peace with God tonight? You can do, because the Bible says, if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth, Jesus Lord, you shall be saved. You will have forgiveness. So I want you to call you tonight. I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you need Christ in your life tonight, if you need His forgiveness, you need His second chance, then after this prayer, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in response to God if you pray this prayer with your heart. If you need Christ in your life, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you tonight and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I've been away from you. And tonight I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus died on the cross and He rose again on the third day. I need your forgiveness. Today I commit my life into your hands. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me into your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer or a prayer like and you need God's forgiveness, I want to pray with you tonight. And I want you to respond by just lifting your hand in the air because I'd like to pray with you. You need Christ in your life tonight. You need His forgiveness. Lift your hand high right now right across this place up in the balcony lift your hand high when you lift that hand you're not lifting it to me you're lifting it to Jesus and heaven sees that hand as heaven saw Jonah God sees you tonight lift your hand high right now are you in this place today and you need to recommit your life to Jesus you say I've left God like Jonah left God I've left God lift your hand high right now right across this place Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you've lifted your hand, I want you to stand on your feet. If you lifted your hand, just stand right now. If you didn't lift your hand, you want to stand, just stand right now. And I'll include you in this prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you're standing on your feet, I want you just to take a step out of your seat and just come right to the front right now. Just to usher this lady forward. Just come right. Let's give them a hand as they come right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. We're just waiting for the other lady to come down. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. How are you? Thank you, Jesus. There was another lady coming down. Is she still coming down? Okay, let's pray right now for the people who are here. It's the most important decision they'll ever make. So tonight we want to spend a few moments with you. It's this lady's coming right now, so I'll just wait for her. Let's pray right now. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name, tonight that these people have come to you tonight to repent and to ask forgiveness to make a fresh start. Thank you, Lord, that you have accepted them. You have forgiven them. Because it says in Christ, we're a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Father, tonight I ask you that today they will become born again. Something would change in their heart. Just a change in my life. 
Let it change in their lives tonight. That they'll start to speak up for you and tell what you have done in their lives. Father, seal their commitment to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. We just want to spend a few moments with you guys and consolidate you guys, your commitment, pray with you, and then we'll bring you back into the service. So if you can just follow uh, to the right-hand side, that would be awesome. Thank you, Bruce. Amen. Amen. Ask the ministry team to come up quickly onto the platform. But the evening's not over yet. The Holy Spirit wants to minister into your lives. As quickly as possible, please, ministry team, let's be alert and ready. And we're going to st- uh, spend some time worshipping the Lord in a few minutes. And then uh, while that's going on, we've got a few words of knowledge or leadings of the type of situation that God wants to minister to so we're going to let the gifts of the spirit word of knowledge prophecy to come in these next few moments and then we will release the ministry team but you're welcome to come forward whether a word fits your description or not during the ministry time you're very welcome to come to be prayed for maybe when you come forward to be prayed for that's when a word will be released so it's open for everyone there today so um, we're going to quickly give some words of God who's got a word just lift your hand if you've got a word that you want to share okay yeah yeah, yeah. come come. Uh, praise the Lord whilst we were praying downstairs I felt the Lord was saying that there are many people in this place who are hurting who need to come out and get one on one ministry and this came on the back of a scripture about dry bones speaking to the dry bones and that suggests really hopeless situations but the good news is you don't have to do anything except believe in God because in the dry bone situation the prophet merely obeyed the Lord and life came if that resonates with you in a few minutes you can come forward and we will pray for you yes come thank you while we were praying the Lord put on my heart um, Isaiah chapter 54 verse 13 to 14 if you get a chance um, just read it but I'll just summarize it and the Lord said I'll teach you prosperity and peace justice and right will be done and um, the Lord talked about keeping us safe from oppression and terror and what the Lord spoke to me about is that there are a lot of us here suffering from oppression and when I say oppression, it's dep- um, different from depression, oppression from finances, oppression from especially unforgiveness, oppression from ambition, and oppression from wrongdoing. And if anyone needs prayers for that to come forward for it. It's um, about the blessing that God has for all of us. And it's- of God in Psalm 37 verse 25 that says I've been young and now I'm old and I've never seen a righteous being forsaken nor his descendants begging bread and if we can be standing on the word of God the blessing will come so who is that specifically for in this place tonight no not whoever Uh, what sort of person is God speaking to okay people who are Fearing that maybe financial problem or anything. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had a word um, about. Uh, there were two things. Uh, the first one was uh, disgust, and then I began to ask the Lord, you know, what that meant. And then He went on to say that there's people struggling with unforgiveness, um, and there's a specific person tonight who. Um, they've struggled with unforgiveness because they found something so offensive they don't understand how to forgive although they want to and he's saying that you know he's here to give the grace to forgive and that he will turn the hearts of stone into hearts of flesh that speaks to you God is going to do a work in your life tonight Um, uh, quite specific Uh, I don't know Um, uh, you're here you haven't laughed for a very long time it's a specific word for you your day of laughter has come today so if you have not laughed for a very long time 
and you want to start laughing again, then uh, I'll pray for you. That's a very powerful word for some people here today. Yeah, also, while I was was downstairs praying, um, the word kind of brain kept going over and over, just being said to me over and over again, but I really believe it's someone over here with a serious brain problem over with a brain tumour, they're a close family or close friend who's got a problem that's severe in their brain. God wants to heal it. We want to pray for that situation. As we were praying downstairs, um, I saw a big black spider and it represented fear and I just wanted to let you know that um, God is perfect and God is love and perfect love casts out all fear. So if you need prayer for that today, um, please come up. Um, The same verse was in my heart, but it was significant for people who are having uh, problems with accommodation. Uh, There's somebody here or maybe a handful who you had a plan, you had an agreement and recently over the last few days something that you weren't expecting has happened. You don't know where you're going to be staying in the near future and the, the verse that the reply for this that God will not forsake you and there is a word of God's faithfulness he's going to come through so let's pray together and, and we're going to see that Sorry. I'm just going to add something because while I, I was talking the Lord just said to me that there are specific people that the oppression on them is so strong that it's actually hindering their prayer life and they cannot pray they cannot see a breakthrough and there are three particular people I don't know who they are but they're really really struggling and the struggling is actually tied to oppression unforgiveness and so ties as, as, as we were praying downstairs um, I had this vision of uh, like it's an open place and there were a lot of baptism taking place and it, there was a queue and people just continued to come there was, it was so long couldn't see the end of it and I just thought perhaps this would um, represent the evangelism that is taking place there would be an increase in the church people um, getting saved and being baptized and also I just wondered if it relates to anybody in the church who um, have relatives that are not yet baptized and um, they have been praying for them so I, that could be relating to them as well. Yeah. Um, the Lord is um, giving a financial breakthrough. There's a particular person whom the Lord has promised you with a breakthrough, uh, even promised you a contract, but you are looking somewhere else because you are depending on something else. Uh, what you are depending on is kind of um, gambling, um, specifically lottery. The Lord said, if you stop now, the promise that he had promised you with a bigger contract, it will come true. Amen. Amen. Ministry, do you want to take the floor ready to pray? So we're going to move into time of worship right now and uh, you're free to stay and worship the Lord for a while and be in his presence. If you need to leave and go, you're, you're free to go during this period. If any of those words resonate with you, we want to pray for you. If there's something that we haven't mentioned it doesn't mean that God doesn't want to answer prayer for it you're very welcome during this period of worship to come forward for whatever thing that you want for prayer together but as we move in this time can we all stand together as one church if we can all stand whatever if you're going you're staying you everybody standing please every everyone up everybody in the balcony right up there stand please in the balcony we do this as one body and then we move forward everybody standing please everybody standing ladies can you just stand for a second please amen amen we do things together praise the lord mm-hmm.